Hey, before we start the show, we had a little quick announcement. My mom, Julie Richards, is starting her own private practice. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> we just wanted to let our listeners know all across Columbus that mom is starting her own private practice. You can check that out at jhrcounseling.com. And I'm excited because November is a new month and a new season. It's a good time to think about how you're healing and growing and the things that have great meaning for you. I love working with developmental and relational trauma. Um, I have some specialties in EMDR, in trust-based relational intervention, which is TBRI, and Pia Melody's model of developmental and relational trauma. So I'm excited to get started in this new business. And adoption stuff, and there's all sorts of things. Yeah, if you actually go to our website, you can see a whole list of things that she covers. So feel free to reach out at jhrcounseling.com. and she would just pull you the whole way, yeah. especially whenever we were younger. So <laughs> it would take all of your strength It's to like you imagine those cartoons that like the feet are going yeah. out in the back, oh like they're goodness. flying, like mm-hmm. they're pulling me around the block. Well, hello, everyone. Um, welcome to Community Roots, a place where we gather in community to uh, travel the Journal of Life together. Um, I'm Samuel Richards. I use he, him pronouns. I'm Julie Richards. I use she, her pronouns. I'm Lisa Gilchrist. I use she, her pronouns. And um, Difficult Dogs actually plays really well into our episode. Oh, it does, actually. Nice Because tie-in. dogs are like difficult people sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> because bad. they don't listen to you. It doesn't matter, especially if treats are involved. I don't know if that plays into the difficult people thing, <laughs> but it plays into the difficult dogs category. Like a special treat bag. <laughs> But um, so as we kind of look ahead to the next couple episodes, um, at least from a Community Roots perspective, we're doing a holiday arc where the holidays are coming up. And I know that's a stressful, triggering time for people. And so we're going to deal with it on the podcast before you have to. Together. Yeah, Mm -hmm. together as a community. Yeah, community. I like that. And um, I was actually talking to mom and. Lisa and um, <laughs> this episode plays really well with some of the older episodes that we were talking about, um, namely the one about emotions and the one about boundaries. Absolutely, I'm excited to get into this topic today because as we spend time with family and extended um, relationships that we're not always with together, um, that can be a little bit of a challenge to sometimes navigate how to be with. Um, unhealthy family systems. Yeah, it might be helpful before we start to actually revisit those two ideas of feelings and boundaries because we know you listen every week. So it was a couple weeks ago. (laughs) So let's go over feelings again. I mean, the best way I think for me to pull those two together, acknowledging the difficulty of establishing a boundary 
when maybe we're in different emotional experiences. And one thing that I've learned is that it's really hard to establish a boundary when you're experiencing maybe what we call, what I call a difficult emotion, like fear. The emotional presence that we have, um, being able to identify them, know what we're emotionally experiencing, and using those strong, like positive, healthy emotions to then operate um, and be able to construct healthy boundaries with people. We talked about the idea with um, emotions and feelings being sensations in our body and having awareness that if we suddenly cringe over something or maybe we feel our heart start to race or um, feel racing a lot thoughts. of... Yeah, racing thoughts, tension in our neck and shoulders, our back. Um, all of that can alert us to how we're holding on to something tightly or feeling stress. So having that sort of awareness can help us start to notice that, pay attention to it, don't judge it, um, just be able to observe what we're experiencing and then be able to connect that self-awareness to how we relate with others. I think that it plays really well with this holiday kind of arc that we're going with because even whenever you enter a room and the air feels tense and you kind of go in and you're like, ooh, it's tough in here, I think you're already feeling the emotion. You're already there. That's such a good point because we talked about emotions having energy. Mm -hmm. So like when there's anxiety, that's kind of hyper arousal. That's energy that comes with that. When someone has a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, you can feel the energy coming out. Um, so it's important to be able to know as we connect that in with our boundaries, how do we stay grounded in, in the place that we are so that we don't allow all of that energy from someone else to come on to us. That's a, that's a good transition too. I think let's briefly also cover boundaries. What are boundaries and how do you maintain a healthy one? What does a healthy one look like? So we talked about the idea of being, um, connected but also protected um, in the sense of Pia Melody's model of boundaries that if we use the one hand on our heart and the other hand extended out um, we talked about talking and listening boundaries and how if we have no boundaries at all that would be like taking both of our hands down and we would just absorb everything around us so if for instance someone is feeling really depressed or angry, then if we're around them, we just soak all of that in to ourselves. But the other extreme would be if we put up walls. And so in that way, we wouldn't share anything about ourselves. We also wouldn't receive anything from anyone else. And so it keeps us more isolated. So being able to be connected in a way that is a functional adult, it's being able to share moderately, like in moderation, what is appropriate so I can be connected to somebody else and have them get to know me in the things that I share. But then I'm also able to receive what someone is saying to be able to listen and say, is this true for me? How much importance do I want to put on this? And I kind of keep that boundary extended out a little bit so that everything doesn't come so close to me that I'm impacted by everything and drowned by it. I also think of um, words like balance control you you'd mentioned like finding you know emotional control and being able to um hit boundaries 
that ownership, right? The boundary being, this is okay with me, this is not okay with me. And being able to assert that in a way um, that allows for a mutual understanding. And again, I think we talked a bit about respect and honoring um, each person's space. I think that's such a good transition into this week's topic because we're looking at how are we going to navigate when we're around people. And it's not to say that that going to our families um, are they're always difficult or anything like that. But just anybody that we seem to struggle with, this might be applicable to people in your workplace, your neighborhood, um, any kind of tension that we experience around other people and we don't know how to navigate with our own emotional distress or with someone else's. And we're not sure how to navigate that. Um, Definitely what we talked about with the functional boundaries um, with honor and respect is so helpful to be able to relate to people in a way that you're curious and you're compassionate. You're not in an environment where there's um, shaming and blaming and judging, like all of those kinds of things would cause the other person to be in a mode of danger, cues of danger that they would have to protect themselves or be reactive to. As we bring those two concepts together into real life applications, um, this brings back what we talked about being in the green zone being within your window of tolerance. Um, Something that you said that spoke to me a little bit earlier was the extremes of you building a wall or being a sponge. And I think in the holiday season, I can find myself doing both of those things, either reacting everybody to everybody in the room, to everything in the room that's already there and just letting myself swing either way. Or to um, build up walls and just not feel anything and just go, I don't like most of the people here anyway, so I'm just going to get through this. Or kind of check out. Yeah. Like I'm just going to zone. And so this window of tolerance idea, combining um, emotion with boundaries to say, not only do you have to target kind of find that balance between my boundaries and being okay with where things are. You also have to find this balance of when my emotions go wild, my boundaries are going to go wild too. So I also have to find a good ground for my emotions as well. Mm -hmm. I always like considering the functional adult as being balanced and moderate in the middle. And so that anytime we find ourselves going into either of those extremes, that's kind of an alert to us. It's like the rumble strips on the side of the road that Mm. if we start to go to one side, we're not going to overcorrect into the other lane. We're going to make a slight course adjustment to be able to say, um, you know, I'm a little bit off here. Where can I get to be in more moderation, more balance, more functional? Maybe let's review for a second what um, the ability to be in that window of tolerance feels like that we are able to feel and think and be in the present moment. We're right here. We're right now. We feel safe. We feel open and curious. We have a good functional boundary for our talking boundary and our listening boundary. And we can experience empathy for someone else. We have awareness of someone else 
that we're wanting to care for. We're not going to be just pulled back and withdrawn and isolated or not be overly um, focused only on ourselves. And knowing that our emotions are tolerable, they're in a balanced and moderate amount. So that's the goal of where we want to stay kind of balanced and present within ourselves in that window of tolerance in the green zone that is like the optimal position for us to be able to relate to other people whenever we talked about your emotions building up and then your frontal lobe kind of starts to shut down i think that that makes a lot of sense to be able to regulate that so that your whole brain can activate instead of just a single part absolutely like we talked about the idea of a flipped lid that if we are really dysregulated on either extreme, then we are offline. Our prefrontal cortex is offline. We're not able to hear and listen and repair and connect. And so that's why it's so important for us to stay grounded, to stay present, to be able to be in the room. Maybe an example that we could explore together is what do you do when you're in the room with somebody that's really getting on your nerves? It's probably very relatable. I mean, we've got a lot, we've got a lot of nerves, right, uh, to be to be pushed on. Um, but it's interesting because I'm doing a little bit of processing myself, you know, just some different things and holidays, and you know, not really going to those places, but even just practicing, like you know, that's it's easy to kind of transport myself there, and and to be able to just actively come back and say, you know, that's not happening right now, but it, that person, you know, thinking of that person that gets on your nerves. And when we are able to, number one, be aware and notice our own experiences, I think, like Julia mentioned, the ability to be grounded, the abil- ability to, to be present, that is where processing happens. It's often like if the if there's a person getting on your nerves or they're too in your face or they're just being distant and you don't understand or you're exasperated because they're just not getting it, they're not understanding where you are, um, some different things, especially when I think of that person being too close. Again, boundary violation, but too it's really hard to process. Again, going back to that idea of like, I'm afraid of you right now, or I'm really frustrated with you right now, or just really annoying. Whatever words you can come up with, there's a lot of different ones. But that concept of like, I'm not able to process what this is. And I think you had mentioned like, what can we do to step away from that, almost recalibrate and say, I don't want to be stuck in this frustrated. What's going on with me? That's like, what does this say? I I need to do some reflection, but what does it say about what the other person, I guess, is going through? And I think you've mentioned that either on air or off air of just saying it's about them. Like, it's not about me. It's about them. Yeah, I think being able to recognize all the emotion of all that energy that's stirred up is going to make things really cloudy and confusing and start to cause everyone to feel a little bit um, shifted in their footing a little bit. I was wondering, Samuel, you had mentioned the idea of when you go to the bathroom and you look in the mirror and you kind of, how, what was the word that you used for that? No, it was like a reset button of some sort, mm. but it's that same, it's that sense of being grounded and, 
um, being able to get centered again that, okay, I'm doing okay. It's okay if someone else is, you know, having their stress or whatever. It doesn't mean that I don't care for them, but I don't have to carry it and own it and internalize it. And then suddenly my day is derailed too. I really am impacted by both of what, what both of you said, because I wanted to say first that even through this discussion, I feel myself getting drawn into memories of difficult, semi-traumatic, like, experiences with the holidays. Yeah. So it's very even, it's difficult to have this conversation even because I'm in so many different houses and living rooms <laughs> with different um, relatives or um, people that are also there. Uh, but yes, about the bathroom thing, something that I use to reset is to just excuse myself and go to the bathroom. So I can look at myself in the mirror and kind of self-coach. And um, something I want to do now is do that boundary simple, one over the heart, one in front. And um, also just to remind yourself that you're okay, just remind yourself of the situation. Because once you are in the thick of it, it's really hard to pull away unless you just get a second to breathe. Mm -hmm. And... um, it's a very real experience, you know, that, that you've had. And often with these holidays, there's a ton of people, a ton of stuff going on. So much has to be prepared in X amount of time. And everybody has problem has, has some experience with somebody there that's under the surface. And it's a lot to deal with. And this also brings me not only to in the moment being able to say, I need a break but before mentally kind of preparing to say, this might be a traumatic experience and bring up stuff for me. So I need to be extra prepared. Make sure I have my water with me so that I'm hydrated. Mm. Make sure maybe that the family has some snacks in case somebody gets deregulated. Yeah, just even preparing for the holidays for myself, I'm like, hmm, maybe I should. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think what you're describing reminds me when we were talking about the window of tolerance shrinking. Whenever we have the hungry, angry, lonely, tired, stressed, that's the holidays. I mean, often Mm. we are, you know, there's more darkness outside. So people are feeling heavier or more down. Your to-do list is really long. You're trying to figure out your um, Christmas list of who you're buying for. Your finances are tight. So you're you're kind of pressed on every side. Mm -hmm. And so that puts you into a vulnerable place whenever you're spending time with everyone else in the same boat where they're stressed and mm-hmm. tired. And this time of year, sometimes there's more illness. There's things that our immune systems are compromised. So we don't feel as well. When you don't feel well, it's really hard to relate to people well because you don't, you feel in your body a headache or a stomach ache or something that is, um, you're exhausted. It's hard to be present and, and be engaged in conversations whenever you're not in your optimal place either. I wanted to say, whenever we talk about distracted thoughts or there's something in the back of your mind, I feel like it's the opposite. I don't feel like, I think like it's the opposite Mm -hmm. where your anxiety and the thing that you're thinking about is actually on your front burners and your interactions with people and everything else is on the back burner because you're only kind of paying attention and you're really only thinking about the thing that's on your mind. Brief thought is like 
I wonder what you guys think about the extra expectations hmm. that we have and like to you know, sometimes to perform or behave a certain way or maybe a sibling thinks that, you know, they haven't seen you in years and they don't really know how you've changed or, but they just put these expectations on you and mm -hmm. it's really hard, at least for me sometimes to think, how do I rise above that? How do we rise above and say, yes, there are expectations, but I'm not going to let them limit me in my experience with the holidays and with the people I do really love. Yeah, and just being able to navigate which pressures are we putting on ourselves that we're allowing to dictate what we do, sure. or do we need to kind of have a heart-to-heart -heart with ourselves on, I don't need to say yes to everything. Part of my boundary is that I'm not going to overextend myself because I am too tired or I do have too many things on my plate and I have to set some limits. And that's a healthy thing for mm -hmm. me to do. If I put the oxygen mask on myself first, I have more that I can give to others that I'm able to feel vibrant and alive and rested instead of I'm trying to please everybody else and I'm trying to meet their expectations for me or add more things to my plate. Like it's not sustainable. Yeah. It feels like shifting sands. I think to me, of just that like, whoop, I was good. And then <laughs> we dropped with them. I think I used the word derailed earlier, not, not on that here, but just that experience of feeling, whoa, you took me way off or I took myself way off mm -hmm. and I want to get back on. With that expectations, I definitely see your perspective and I share that perspective of feeling expectations put on you. But I wanted to add in another thought of expectations put on the event itself as well. Sure. <clears throat> I think often um, holidays are expected to both go really smoothly and be memorable and perfect. <laughs> but there's also this thing that, hey, we're all together, things need to get resolved. And it's also an unrealistic expectation of like, you're eating a meal together for four hours. You don't have time to dig into all these things that we want to dig into. And that work probably shouldn't be done over Thanksgiving dinner and should instead be done over a longer period of time in a less crazy environment. <laughs> but I also think one of the ways that I cope with anxiety or an uneasiness at a certain event is to just remind myself that it's just an event. It's not the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And this is just a f like a period. And um, so the holidays will come and it might be stressful and hard in its own way, but it's also going to end as well. And mm -hmm. there's work that you can do afterwards and before. It's a and good point. I also wanted to talk about specific scenarios too, because I think that we're all going to be going into um, these holidays with a certain type of someone that we deal with, and they might look a lot different and act a lot different, um, depending on who you're talking about or what situation you're in. So in particular, I'm thinking of different events, like what if you're stuck with the person in the room and they're the only other person that you personally feel traumatized by or an uneasiness around, and it's just you and them. And there's just this awkward silence as 
your cousin went to use the bathroom and now it's just the two of you. <laughs> so they took your idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, oh, nice. they're they like, oh, Samuel's and I got to use the restroom before he claims it. So uh, what do you do? What are like safe conversations and what are ways that I can talk to someone and be present with someone without having to say, why is all this trauma happening and it's your fault? <laughs> yeah, I think mm -hmm. it's worth like reflecting on what are some things that don't feel triggering to me that I don't mind talking about that I'm not going to feel really raw and sensitive about. Um, sometimes the phrase is news, weather and sports. If there's something that you want to share about that doesn't feel like the charge that comes with politics or religion or money, um, but just some different things that are more lighthearted, we kind of brainstormed the idea of even talking about things that we're grateful for. Yeah. In pre-discussions for this episode, there was some frustration of, I don't want to just talk about the weather or about sports or about the basic stuff. I want to get to know someone without just having to talk about the events happening around us. And it's a uh, community roots official guarantee to add that to your conversation <laughs> list because I think it hits multiple things. For one, it's something to talk about. Two, it's also putting you a conversation off on a good foot. It's not about, can you believe how dark early it's getting dark? I can't, I hate it when it gets dark early. Instead, you're like, I, I really like that we have a big family and there's a lot going on whenever we're all together. However you feel grateful, just to be able to sit in that moment with that, that other person that you aren't particularly fond of to just say, I'm really grateful because we never get grandma's cookies at home, but here we get to have some of her cookies. And it's a good way that you can also learn about what they're grateful for, share yourself. And I think another aspect of that too is expressing appreciation. Like, you know, acknowledging what someone is doing or contributing or something that you value in another person that you can express that you appreciate about them or about the time together, being able to find something a little bit lighter or more positive to focus on can help shift things in the room too. A little bit in my experience, you know, in some different ways, it's, it's almost like I know what I'd. I don't want, or I know what not to talk about, <laughs> right? I know all that. Those Which is important. Of, that's yeah, kind of the boundary idea of this is not okay. This is what is okay. It's good to know what you need to Which is step back just from. funny because that's where my brain goes. Like, that's where I'm going to start. I, don't, I know I don't want to do those things. And then I think that pausing for true reflection and saying, what do I have here with this person that, in, in my ability to be present is going to help me engage and allow the other person to stay present too because, I don't know, I just think of them maybe getting triggered by different things as well because we can't really see into the other person that we're sitting with. This actually reminds me of an off-the-beaten path whenever we had Beth on the show. Um, I think this was with Adrienne, but <clears throat> um, she mentioned that whenever her like close-knit family, if they're being teased about something because they're not doing well, then to say, I'm not good at this, but I am good at other things. I think that's relevant here to say, like, don't necessarily focus on like, okay, well, definitely don't mention Trump. Instead say, like, 
maybe that's not a topic that I want to cover, but here are some topics that I would like to cover or that I feel okay about talking about. Mm -hmm. And it kind of switches the perspective of, uh, I, I, I'm going to have to deal with this family gathering soon too. Mm. I wonder what my relatives think about this holiday and what aspects do they enjoy as opposed to what I enjoy. And it's not about making things perfect or only focusing on the happy or not dealing with stuff, but rather just to switch your mindset a little bit to say, come at it from a point of strength rather than a point of weakness. Mm. I like that. I thought it was cool. I just wanted to share something from John Gottman that he talks about um, having stress-reducing conversations. I thought this could be really relevant for Mm -hmm. this time of year. Um, John Gottman is a relationship expert in our field, and he talks about a few things to encourage us to take turns. It's always good to balance out. We've talked about in our um, boundaries episode of talking and listening, um, showing a genuine interest in someone, don't give unsolicited advice. Um, don't turn it into... <laughs> Which what? is a huge thing about <laughs> <on> the holidays. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Avoid the unsolicited advice. <laughs> the way around that is to always ask if they're open to feedback. Just letting you know there. Um, okay. Communicate. Or, or to instead to focus on their experience. Because also what I feel like unsolicited advice is is oversimplifying the problem and yeah. just saying, oh, this it. is what you need to do. Yeah. And it's like, well, if no it was it. so, if it would have taken you 15 seconds to think of the answer, then I wouldn't be describing the problem to you because right. it would have already been dealt with. But <laughs> It's that fix-it mentality that right. I'm not just hearing to understand and to be with you in it. I'm trying to I'm uncomfortable it. and I just want exactly. to take care of it. <laughs> exactly. So don't be doing that. And to also realize I can't fix everyone. So instead... No learn about them and to say where is your experience what are you struggling with why is that why is that decision difficult for you and instead of focusing on like well you should have just changed the oil a couple months ago (laughs) it's like (laughs) duh that reminds me of like that learning being able to stay more curious about other people yeah Um, curiosity i think is really helpful for these conversations um, another couple things on John Gutman's list is communicate your understanding, um, be able to validate the emotions, kind of what you were talking about, Samuel, and just be willing to, to show kindness and affection, I think, is, is a good thing. Something from my perspective that I like to run through my head because of the communications classes I'm taking, which is uh, have an other perspective, like view the things, view things from the other person's perspective just so you can kind of get some insight i think it's easy to get angry at people and just two-dimensionalize them and not Mm. realize that they're also feeling emotions as well and to say this boundary sign of holding your hand up and holding your hand on your own heart is to say both like what am i feeling and thinking and to also say what are they thinking and feeling Mm. it's really the balance of not just self-respect but mutual respect that you feel that respect towards yourself and about you, the other person as well. I also think about the word investment within yourself and again, this outward movement with the hand out, I'm investing in you and being able to maybe, like you said, switch, but just think maybe a little bit differently of like, how am I, what am I doing 
that's allowing me to invest and grow in myself and support and invest in this other person, whether they're cool or they're not cool at the moment. I like to think of imagery whenever I think of these things because it's helpful to me. Something that came to mind whenever you said that was a picture. Like if you're listening to someone and you're kind of having a conversation with them, in a way your brain is painting a picture of what they're like and who they are. And a conversation or I think what the goal should be to say like, what's your painting of you and how can I get my painting of you to accurately resemble and represent what you think and think that you look like. And um, whenever you ask qualifying questions or follow-up questions or actually genuinely want to know them, you can clearly paint that picture as opposed to giving unsolicited advice and just assuming what the rest of the painting looks Mm. like instead of just saying, what is that like for you? Or what's your perspective? Or how does that make you feel? Um, I think can help get a better painting because otherwise you're just, your image of them is completely different than who they actually are. And then really you're just talking to yourself. (laughs) You're just like, this is the way that is. This is the way that is. And I've got it all down. (laughs) As if you already know and you have it all figured out instead of staying curious and compassionate towards the other person. Hmm. I was just thinking about how to keep the holidays relationally healthy would be to avoid the things that are causing a lot of triggering that you're aware of. Um, Definitely focus on those functional boundaries and not crossing them or having any um, boundary violations that we talked about in that episode and really focusing on honor and respect and everyone is precious and valuable and needed and they matter and they add something yeah yeah okay well if you have any thoughts about this if you're about to enter in a particularly difficult holiday season and you have some thoughts you want to share or questions you want to ask, we are on call 24-7 at communityroots.pod at gmail.com because we would be really interested to hear where you're coming from. We don't have to talk about it on air. This isn't going to be something that publicized, but rather shared between the four of us, Lisa, my mom, Adrienne, and I. You can check us out on Facebook. We've got a community there of different kinds of support with mental health awareness, different things that have reminded us of the episodes, things that you can share and read about. And we're also on Instagram. If you look us up under Community Roots, we would love to have you following us and being part of our community. Also, please rate and review us on iTunes. That's one of the biggest ways that we can actually be spread and more people can learn about mental health and the way we get spread is a hundred percent through your mouth and through your keyboard Uh, we don't pay to advertise this is being spread very organically so both share it with a friend who might be interested in listen to it or rate and review us online because that's how another person's friend (laughs) is going to be able to listen to it so uh, we could really use your support um, in that way because it really gets us pretty far I always like to end on some gratitude so we can get that practicing in for (laughs) all of our upcoming awkward conversations. (laughs) But I wanted to say I'm really grateful today. It's 50 degrees out. The sun was out. In this season, I really start to appreciate 
the weather as it becomes more and more cold. And we still have some golden leaves and the red leaves all holding on a little longer, mm-hmm. which I'm always grateful for. This time of year, I'm I'm thankful, though, for my, my blanket and my dog cuddling up and just some peaceful time to regroup. I'm also thankful. We're going to do a shout out again for my private practice mm-hmm. and yes. anyone who is interested in the Columbus area looking for some work for healing and growth, I would love for you to check out my website. It's jhrcounseling.com with kudos to Samuel and Alexander Wells who have helped me for that. I'm really grateful. I am really thankful for hot beverages. I think of tea and um, a day off. Really nice to just be able to settle down and just get my warm blanket and hot cup of tea and an actual good book. (laughs) Something else I wanted to say is me and my partner make soups Mm -hmm. in this season and already it's been fantastic, but I'm excited. She makes homemade bread too. Yeah, it's a win-win. That is a (laughs) win-win. Pair those together. Yeah, it's kind of too good. And she's welcome to bring it to our house too. I'm just going to give a little plug in for that. We love homemade bread and soup at our house too. Yeah, we just made pumpkin soup, which is a little bit spicy, but it's also got some like Um, Check us out next week. Uh, We're going to be off the beaten path with Brittany Orr. And um, it'll be me and Lisa doing that interview. So check us out and we'll talk to you then.